Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it is Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. It is I, Mark, sitting in Fort Frank. And it is I, Dan, still just being Dan. Danning uh, it up. Yeah, I'm Dan. I'm, I'm Danning like a motherfucker. Um, coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, I know that you were all hoping we would do this. We're going to be talking about them... The militia boys up in Oregon. If you thought Ted Bundy had violated that last name yeah. every way possible, you were wrong. Well, yeah, he, the, 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 these guys aren't like psycho murderers, not yet, but they are—they're uh, certainly threatening to be. Anyway, we're going to talk about the uh, the Mormon angle. Yeah, on that. So that'll be that'll be cute. We'll uh, we'll end up getting some some cuteness out of that. It'll be fun. Uh, that's in the second half of our show. But first. Uh, Marcus, why don't you tell us a little story? Yeah. Well, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, uh, welcome. Welcome back. Thanks for sitting in. Thank you. It was quite a hiatus, I oh. feel like. I thought you guys were just over me. Wow. Uh, you know. Con- considering that there have been other guest hosts who, you know, have never been back. Who haven't done, I don't know, how many did I do? I don't know how many shows. Yeah, you did a bunch. It, it was super fun. Uh, so I'm back for more fun. And uh, a fun thing to start with yeah. is uh, there is a presidential campaign uh, underway. Yeah. And there are 453 Republicans running. Okay. Um, and one of them that, you know, I hope... Is that the... That's the exact number. Well, I, I, I haven't checked in the last 30 seconds. Okay. But, <clears throat> it um, does fluctuate. It does fluctuate quite a bit. But yeah, one that I really had hoped was going to make a better showing mm. just has been lagging. And I... I, I I know that we all had high hopes for Mike Huckabee, but uh, he's he's struggling. He's circling the zero oh, percentage-wise. Yeah. So, uh, but he's got a reason. Oh, he, he yeah. He's this week. He said uh, he he said why that's happening to him, and I think he's probably right because he usually is. Mm. Uh, he was on um, uh, Todd Starnes' show, and never heard uh, of it. Yeah, you're lu- super lucky. Um, he was on Todd Starnes' show and said the reason is uh, because he's not getting the support of all the evangelical leaders in this country who he feels would be his natural constituents. Sure. You'd think. You'd think that they would throw their support behind him, um, but he says they won't because he'd be too effective in delivering for them as a president. Uh, <laughs> we, uh... Right. Right. So let me read his quote because it's really pretty wonderful. Okay. It's such sour grapes. It's the the bitter, bitter tears of a fascist, and they're so delicious. He said, speaking to Todd, as I've often said, I don't go to them. I come from them. But because of that, I do understand them. And a lot of them, quite frankly, I think they're scared to death that if a guy like me got elected, I would actually do what I said I would do. And that is I would focus on the personhood of every individual. We would abolish abortion based on the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment. We would ignore the Supreme Court's same-sex marriage decision. And you know what the result would be? A lot of these organizations wouldn't have the ability to do urgent fundraising because if we slay the dragon, what dragon do they continue to fight? And so for many of them, it, it could be a real detriment to their organization's ability to gin up their supporters and raise the contributions. And I know that sounds cynical, but Todd, it is what it is. Wow. So yeah. he's saying, I will win the war on Christmas. Yes. And then they won't have anything to get mad about right. anymore. I, I, th- I guess he's got a 
choose his own consolation prize at this point. He's he's like the fact that he is confident enough that he could just ignore Supreme Court decisions. Yeah. Like he'll be yeah. so effective in office yeah. that he can he can just like he's he's the one. He's Neo. Yeah. He can rewrite the matrix right. as he sees fit. Yeah. That's amazing. So apparently the Christian right who has been taken to the dance by Republicans for 40 years. Right. But, but the Republicans have never gone home with them. Right. Basically, you know, they've never delivered anything for these people. Yeah. What they don't want is a win. What they're really looking for, uh, what what would really destroy them is if, is if they actually got what they yeah. have claimed that they've wanted this whole time. Good, nice try, Mike. Go back to Arkansas. A man who wrote a book called God, Guns, Grits, and Gravy. That's right. Uh, I don't don't even know where to go from there. Fuck off back to Arkansas, Mike. I mean, you can't put gravy on guns. Sure you can. (laughs) That's our last story, though. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. right. That's right. We'll talk about the gun and gravy stuff later. Uh, I'm going to take us to Alabama. Oh, not so far from Huckabee Country. Uh, no, I'm sure that he's, he sees them as his uh, constituents who have abandoned him as well. Yeah. Um, where do you you've heard tell of this of their Supreme Court justice, one Mr. Roy Moore? Oh yeah. Uh, who he don't like you queers so much, or maybe he does. Uh, may, well, <laughs> you think he's? You, 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 oh, that's quite a big conspiracy theory you got. He's going very. On. He's a. He has a. An inability to shut the fuck up about it. Yes. Which, oh, oh, you mean he like likes queers? He just can't like queers. It's it's hard to masturbate when you're crying that hard. <laughs> Guilt and shame, isn't it? But but go on. Anyway, uh, yeah. Who knows what he's wearing under those robes? <laughs> uh, however, he yes, he has been very very uh, opposed to same sex marriage. Uh, so we all thought that he that now he would be. You would just shut the fuck up because mm. the, the, it's been decided <laughs> by a Supreme Court even higher than himself. Mm. Uh, apparently, he doesn't believe that. Oh. Apparently, he doesn't acknowledge that there is any court what higher than scoundrel. himself. Uh, he recently sent off a, a, a memo to all of the lower court, uh, all of the, the uh, what do they call them, probate judges in Alabama, mm. saying... Uh, nope, you must ignore this, the Supreme Court of these United States and uh, follow my directive, which says, no, uh, you may not issue a, a, a marriage license to any gay folk uh, in Alabama. He insists that the Supreme Court ruling applies only to the states represented in the case itself. Yeah, that's been a, 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 a pressure valve some of these dopes have been trying to use. Yeah, but none of them are supposed to know the law quite as well. None of them know the law as much as he's supposed to. As he's supposed to. Uh, it's very clear that he doesn't give a fuck about how law in this country actually works. Right. Which might be, a, which should be a bit alarming to anyone in Alabama yeah. itself. And he's uh, in Alabama those those uh the judges on the Supreme Court are elected. Right. So that I think that is the key to what's happening with Judge Moore is yeah. that like he's playing to a constituency. Right. He doesn't care about the actual legality of things. Yeah. He's like drumming up business. Yeah, and I think that a, a lot of the 
that's very common in the Old South, that judges are elected in most of those states. Uh-huh. And that was in response to emancipation. Mm. So that was a, an attempt to never let, uh, uh, you know, never allow the darkies to have a judge because yeah. they would always be outnumbered. So Right, right, right. So it's a terrible, I think it's a stupid idea that judges are elected by popular vote. That's crazy. Yes, yes. I mean, I think that the pop, I, I don't mind what they do in Utah, which is that like someone can be voted out. Right. Of a judgeship. Which is probably an important safety valve in case you get a Looney Tune like this in there. Yeah, it does seem like that would be good. Uh, even in Alabama, this is raising hackles and ire. Uh, sure. th- there was, a, there was a, a cartoonist who did a thing that said, Roy Moore and his same-sex life partner, and it's Roy Moore. Because <laughs> it's his ego. Right. Uh, because this, this man definitely sees him. Like, I think... I'm guessing that he would say that Jesus is above him, but it's like that one half inch above him, like, you know, the people that fly the the American flag and then the Confederate flag is Just a little bit higher. like a, a quarter of a millimeter yeah. below it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's I think I think that's what we got in, in, in Brother Moore. Here. And this is the, the, the same arsehole who was a national embarrassment. What? Ten years ago, when he insisted on putting that Ten Commandments in the mm. Alabama courthouse, yes, and, sir, and it took the Supreme Court to get it removed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and no wonder he likes ignoring their orders. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's he's long had a a, a grumpy affair with the uh, with the with the real Supremes, right? So, so uh, he sent out this thing. Uh, at least one probate judge in Alabama tweeted uh, that he would be ignoring. The uh, the order, uh, Stephen L. Reed, a probate judge uh, in something county, mm. in one of the counties, Hazard County, Mon- Montgomery County. Oh, uh, said he tweeted, Judge Moore's latest charade is just sad and pathetic. My uh, my office will ignore him and this. Oh oh oh! There's one. He's oh. I thought you said he was joining him. He's ignoring him. No, he's ignoring him. Oh, good for him. And then the ones that were like joining him that were obeying him like the next day they were like uh yeah shit i don't think i could do this i just it's i mean if these if these stupid little states and we live in one uh-huh. want to keep bleeding you know just bleeding taxpayer dollars to to court cases like this i guess they can well if any state can afford to spend to frivolously spend taxpayer money it's the state of alabama i'll bet that coffee can out behind the governor's house is getting pretty low <laughs> Right. It's just it's just so weird. Like why yeah, I mean you know, it's religion. They're yeah. they think that they're fighting a holy war. Right. Because okay. because if the if if the gays can marry oh boy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what, but oh boy. Uh, yeah, and you know, it was it was pretty enjoyable to see the sun come up uh in june of this year right after, you know again and again and again yeah and it, again. Uh, like that's what's so funny what if you read the writing on the wall for any of these issues you know mm-hmm. you go back to the the if you go way back to slavery or way back to the the civil rights movement or any of these things you know letting women vote there was always somebody who was using god as a reason why this will bring destruction to yeah. society yeah and there listen b- the counter argument to that is there were always you know the quaker abolitionists and uh-huh. and yes on the right side of history there has always been a very narrow 
a swath of swath of very religious people who are trying to do the right thing. Right. But on the other side, yeah, you know, slavery uh slavery is is justified in so many ways in the Bible. The Bible is practically a rule book. You can't for slavery. You you literally it's harder to justify not having slaves with the Bible. Way harder than it is to justify having slaves. In fact, I don't know that you can. Yeah. I mean the 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 certainly the Old Testament is nothing more than a trade magazine for the slave trade. Right. Yeah, it's you it's know? basically like and sometimes, you know, there's there's a sex advice columnist in there that that likes to mess with your sex life too, but like yeah, mostly it's just like well, if your slave does this, then you got to do that. And if you pay 40 shekels, then right. she becomes your slave. And if you kill him, then you have to take her brother as the slave. Right. And I mean, it's just like, what the fuck? And if, and if a crowd wants to rape your handsome boarders, send your daughters out instead. Yes. So Roy Moore is part of that proud tradition. Part, right, right. <clears throat> I love that we just lumped him in with all of that. That's awesome. We were able to make those, draw those. And we didn't even pull Lines. a muscle. Nope. Was that, it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on. Oh, well, that was fun. Let's have some not fun. Oh, oh goody. Shall we? But oh, I, hooray. I think this is, uh, this is an interesting story that I hadn't seen before. Where do you think a thing called Der Regensburger Domspatzen might be? Uh, Philadelphia? Uh, well, it's, no. It's, okay. it's somewhere in Deutschland. Okay. Um, in Bavaria. Yeah, which okay. Which is, uh, uh, the southern part of Germany is the most Catholic bit, as far as I know. I think it is. Sure, we'll um, just go with that. Having been there, it's very Catholic. Um, so, a little outfit called the Regensburger Domspatzen is a thousand-year-old choir school. Oh, lovely. Um, in Regensburg, Bavaria, that was run by, um... A fella named named Georg Ratzinger. Oh, hey, I know that last name. Uh huh. Yeah, you might know. He's he's got a famous relative, and and he not a sports hero. Oh dear. Who do you think he was? Uh uh uh. Pope. He's the the Pope Emeritus. The the Pope. Yeah, he's the retired Pope. So his he's, brother ran he's this a former Pope or Pope. <laughs> pope is and his. I, you never think about the Pope's relatives. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like yeah. you think that their virginity is so powerful that they couldn't have even had siblings, mm. right? Because they're the most virgin of all the virgins, mm. I guess. Anyway, his brother ran this school for a boys' choir school mm. that was 1,000 years old. Not the brother, but the school. He ran it for 30 years from 1964 to 1994, if I'm mathing correctly. Uh-huh. And uh, – what do you think went on there? <laughs> Catholic boys' school in Germany, run I, by the Pope's brother. What I do you think? I feel like going? I'm being set up here. Mm. I feel like I'm being. I, I'm going to say uh, they all became uh, auto mechanics. Super close, and I can see how you would go there. So, two hundred and at least two hundred thirty-one boys were victims of oh, physical Jesus and sexual abuse. Christ. Uh, in this school, again, it's weird anybody is even surprised that that's the story, right? Of course you're not. Right. But what's what's really fascinating is, so the Pope's brother, he wasn't the Pope at the time, Ratzinger, mm. uh, but he was the cardinal in charge of going around the world and scooping up all of the stories of uh, under, under John Paul. Mm. He was the one who collected all the information about 
priest sex abuse. Oh. He basically said, give me all the copies of every affidavit of every testimony, everything. No copies left in any of the dioceses, and I'm going to bring those back to our little pretend country that has a wall of diplomatic immunity around right, it. Right, right. And so he collected all this information in this office, so basically it could not be accessed. Right. Um, so while he was doing that, his brother was running this little outfit, the Regensburger Domspatzen, mm. which was uh, up to no good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's not that's not a good thing. No, I you know the the movie uh, Spotlight was originally going to be about the Regensburger Domspatzen, but uh, I think I think they nobody could say it. Yeah, well, uh, so my, they stuck with Boston. Michael Keaton's German is terrible. It's 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 a nightmare. It's laughable. I mean, it's, it's uh, nobody believed it. So Le- anyway, Liev Schreiber is pretty good. I'll bet his German's pretty good. His, uh, Ratzinger, his brother, is now ninety one, remains a priest, and I guess. Uh, nothing's come of this yet so hopefully there'll be some justice i gotta say priest is a weird family business yeah like if you're gonna have a family business that's a an odd choice well it's only one generation deep right i mean well yeah i mean theoretically it can only be in cath in catholicism anyway so ratzinger and sons ratzinger ratzinger and sons mobile priesting ratzinger und sonnen We'll come to you. We'll priest to you. Call us at <laughs> emergency priesting <laughs> at Ratzinger and Sons emergency priesting. There is emergency priesting. There's exorcism. There are exorcists. So out this there. school needs an exorcist. So yeah, yeah. You know what they need to do is start exercising all of the people uh, who seem to like to diddle all of the kids. Ay, ay, ay. Not okay. I hope you have something more fun than that. I'm gonna go back to politics. Is what I'm gonna do. Woo-hoo. You know that. Uh, See now you you are on the Huckabee uh trail. I'm I'm going after uh one Mr. Rubio. Oh yeah. Who has found the tactic that he thinks is going to get him uh through uh the Iowa it, is it hydration? <laughs> He's a thirsty man. He that guy, boy when he I thought his career his whole electro his whole political career was over when he did that whole uh that whole slur. If you guys remember that belly flop when he Everybody who's given this, the re- rebuttal to the State of the Union after Obama has fucked it up. Has just been a catastrophe. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought he was done after that. After that, like, he doesn't, like, play it cool. Like, if Obama was, was thirsty, he'd just, he'd just be like, he'd just take a moment, yeah. grab his water, nonchalant, yeah. doesn't give, have no care in the world, unscrew it, take his time. Yeah. We'd just all be watching him drink. You'd be like, damn, that's suave. Yeah. That guy can drink water. Yeah, I don't care what you think about him, but the guy's cool. Yeah. Rubio's like, water. I got the agua I need it. I Plus, there was, like, there was like Nixon level flop sweat. Yes. And you remember he was oh, he was dehydrated. He was sweating he like was a whore sweating. in church. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was indeed. Anyway, now he seems to have he's back. most of that under control. He's back. He's still, oh, he sounds awful when he talks. He's yeah. got. Ten speech impediments working against him. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to play for all of us the new Marco Rubio for President TV ad that has just come out. So here it is. Our goal is eternity, the ability to live alongside our Creator for all time, to accept the free gift of salvation offered to us by Jesus Christ. The struggle on a daily basis as a Christian is to remind ourselves of this. The purpose of our life is to cooperate with God's plan. To those who much has been given, much is expected. And we will be asked to account for that. Were your treasures stored up on earth or in heaven? 
And, and to me, I try to allow that to influence me in everything that I do. I'm Marco Rubio, and I approved this message. Holy shit, that's a political ad? This is what I'm saying. That's like a pastor from a community megachurch, right? Yeah, this is a guy who is running for president of a country. I'll, I'll grant him that 70 plus percent of the country is uh, is agrees with him about Jesus. No, I don't think agrees. I well, don't think 70% agrees, but... But at least believes in Jeebus. Right, or, or friends of Jesus, but... but that, Holy shit. That's pretty shocking. I hadn't seen that before. That's pretty shocking. It's just Jeebus talk. There was nothing about how he would president or how he would do. He doesn't. He's like this. This was incredibly worrisome for me. Super worrisome. And I, and I know it's pandering. That's what he's doing. Right. You, because this the, the absolute fucking circus of this Republican primary it's so hard to get noticed. It's just, yeah, give, yeah, exactly. I'll get a vote any way I can. Wow. I will start a shoeshine stand if it gets me 10 votes. But wow. no, this guy, I mean, the, 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 they're all, they all pander to the Christians. Yeah. Of course they do. And I understand that. That's bread and butter for them. It makes sense. But to do an entire commercial where all you're talking is theology. Yeah. There was all, no politics. There was no policy. No. It was he basically just said, I'm as Christian as I can possibly be, and that's all I care about. And it made, makes it clear that like he will not be our president. If he's made president, he will not be president of no of other you know, people of other faiths, right. of people of no faith. He is not our president. Yeah. Well none of these guys look, none of these these people, including Carly, I want to say guys, um, none of them running would do that. I mean, they, all of them oh, think yeah. that it's winner take all, that when they become president, people like you and me and a huge percentage of the country that is anything but their little tribe can go fuck themselves. Right. They all, they all think that way. You know, what they, you, they look at Obama and they hate him because he understands he is, as imperfect as he is, the president of everybody. Yeah. And that there is, there is you try to do the most good for the most people and the least harm you know, for the least amount of people. And that's kind of the Obama method. And it's it's boring and it's slow and it's consensus driven. And so And it hasn't been tremendously effective. It has well, I, I would I think it's been more effective than they than than it seems. Well but you're considering right. that, that this group of, of legislators have been nothing but obstructionists. Yeah. They considering that he was like like he'd he've he's made concessions Hoping for concessions to come yeah, back his the, way. His and, entire first term was just people like you and me slapping our foreheads like, stop giving them everything. Right. Stop compromising. Stop compromising. They won't compromise with you. So back to this Rubio thing. Yeah. Like, I don't even – like because I, I know how, wh- how this country works. If he said among all the things he was saying in that, I'm a Christian, uh, so I think blah, blah, blah. Right. Among so we should pay lower taxes. We should da da da. We should defend our borders. Like that would have been fine. I think it's yeah. still alarming, but it would have been normal. Yeah, this is something else entirely. This is some bug-eyed crazy shit. Yeah, that's the that's theocracy. That is, I will be the the theocrat in chief. Yeah, I'm going. I'm running for Pope of America. Yeah, that's creepy. So there you go. That's some scary shit. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully you're going to be equally horrible.
horrifying. Ugh, this is like the most depressing. Like, <laughs> should we just start over? <laughs> just, We're, you about... know what? We're going to quit the podcast now. It's uh, too depressing. Let's talk about something. Okay. Okay. Let's just get this over. Do with. it. Children in India beaten, forced to convert to Christianity. <clears throat> oh, good. Uh, this what? is from the Hindustan Times. Forcibly converted to Christianity, hung by the wrists from a ceiling fan, starved for days, and beaten mercilessly for failing to recite Bible passages. This is uh, and this what? is not this is not from my biography. Uh, this is what a nine-year-old boy said he had to endure at an illegal shelter. He was among thirty children, all from poor families, rescued on December 29th after police raided two homes run by the Emmanuel Seva Group. Uh, which is a Catholic group, uh, I think, in Greater Noida and Mirut. The child, oh. who, along with his younger sister and brother, had been confined to the home for three years, said their stay was like a jail term during which his name was also changed. I was allowed oh. to meet my parents once a month for only 15 minutes. The only thing I was taught was the Bible. They forced me to memorize its passages, uh, the boy told uh, the paper on Thursday, and added that the children were forced to consume buffalo meat? Okay. Okay. They got a lot of buffaloes there. I guess. Uh, and they don't eat the meat, though. But they use the whole animal. No, they don't. No. Indians use the whole buffalo. No, no, no. That's the wrong Indians. I saw a Kevin Costner movie. About That's the it. wrong Indians and the wrong buffalo. And the you're wrong, you're imagining the wrong, all of the wrong things. The wrong Costner movie. Yeah, exactly. They all kind yeah. of they blend together for me. Put yourself into the Costner movie about about India. Yeah, if you're not careful. Uh, so I don't know the buff. I guess. Oh, I guess if they were Hindus, maybe the buffalo meat. That's a problem, right? If yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. If they were naturally or not, if they're born into a Hindu family. Yeah, because nobody's born Hindu. Let's clear that up right now. <laughs> uh, they were given buffalo meat and paraded before potential donors. They gave us good clothes whenever visitors came. They made us stand in line and recite Bible passages. Faltering meant a beating with sticks and belts. Later, he said. Yikes. Uh, once the guests left, the shelter in charge snatched away our clothes, sweets, and gifts, and we were back in rags again. Holy shit. So luckily these, these little ones were, I, I don't know why they would be in a shelter if they had parents. Maybe they were super poor or. How know. could that be possible? Nobody's super poor in India. <laughs> I'd never. With all that buffalo to eat. <laughs> right. They just wander the streets. It's uh, free meat everywhere you look. So they're. Hopefully, I don't know what Dan's next story is, but hopefully it's not about hideous child abuse at yeah. the hands of Christians. But uh, I guess it's it's there's probably a lot of shelters in India that take in people. Mm. Um, you know, another aspect or related thing to this story is how the Pope is rushing Mother Teresa's beatification through, yeah. yep. through the pretend process it is anyway. So right. like, what does it fucking matter? Right. But, uh, you know, this is... This no, she's going to have magic powers soon. She'll come back yeah. with magic powers. But, you know, this was... The, I don't know if this is particular to, to Indian Catholics, that there is this kind of cult of suffering. So weird. Uh, but she's, you know, she was part of that, and this is despicable. Well, what's really weird is that, like, if you look at southern India, there's a state in India called Kerala, mm. which is largely Christian mm. and has been for for centuries like mm. going way 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 back and and is and is actually they're also like the most educated state in the country mm. and uh and they're actually cool like most of the kerala indians like this kind of shit isn't what it's about there's you know the, it's a much more educated it's a much more sort of is that from the the portuguese uh uh colonization yes, so yes it is catholics from that yep yeah. 
So that goes back a, a, a good ways. Uh, but man, you get you get a fringe Christian thing going on in in a you know sort of hiding in the shadows and whatever that it's a recipe for disaster. It's super weird that people use Christianity to to justify child abuse. Is that a new thing? Mm, I th- I think we can definitively say no. Oh jeez. I think we can say. I think we've really we've really blown the lid off of something. Yeah. Who knows, who knows what? Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to go there to to expose more though. So just this week India and Germany are off my list. They're they're done. I'm off. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Fuck both of them. Yep. What or just Catholicism? You could just get mad at Catholicism. Let's focus on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to move on. Yeah, please. There's some very weird uh some new a new poll mm. that has just come out. It's sad that Frank's not here cuz he loves polls. He does like polls a lot. He's just he? he's, he's a stats guy. He's a data yeah. hound. Yep. And not that I think I mean I I don't like polls because I feel like they you know they can so easily be manipulated and whatever. Anyway, this is an interesting one um because it's a poll that they do uh, every so often asking the same questions just to see uh you know, get a feel for how America's doing, what America's thinking. Mm. Uh, and this one asked some of the following questions. It's mm. very interesting. Uh, they asked the question, uh, do you think America is a Christian nation? Oh. And also, uh, has it always been a Christian nation? And is it currently a Christian nation? Mm. Or has it never been a Christian nation? Interesting. Uh, any thoughts, uh, any guesses as to where, where America falls on that question? Uh, I'm going to guess pretty high, like pretty high. I mean, I don't know who they were asking, just the general public. Mm -hmm. Um, I would guess north of 60, 70% say it is. So here's the thing. I'll even give you a clue. In 2010, only 42% said that the U.S. has always been and is currently a Christian nation. Really? In, as recently as 2010. As recently as 2010. Huh. Well, that's good news. This year, uh, only slightly more than a third believe that it was in the past and uh, and remains today a Christian nation. Holy moly. That's Cl- awesome. 45% of the U.S. Uh, say that it was a Christian nation but no longer is. And most of them are probably pissing in their pants about it. Bitter old. Right. And then only 14% say that the U.S. has never been a Christian nation. Now, I find the wording on this a little alarming, a little, a little tricky. Because mm-hmm. if you say, is it a Christian nation, I'm tempted to say yes. Mm-hmm. Because it, it has always been, had a majority of the population has always been Christian. Yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's like the statistical way to answer it. Right. You know, based on population or, or the census or whatever. Yeah, it is but largely I think a, a Christian nation. I think nation. the common understanding of the phrase, this is a Christian nation, is... The notion that this nation is somehow supposed to be Christian. Yeah, is foundationally... Right. Is uh, based on Christian Christianity mm-hmm. as, a, as, as a central uh, hmm. sticking point. You know, our hmm. friend, our friend uh, Fat Tony... Uh, <laughs> Scalia. Argle-bargle. Scalia. Uh, he, he thinks that it is. He thinks that this was founded on Christian. It's a Christian country and it's a Christian and everything. Anyway, uh, there were other questions asked, too. Um, are Christians being discriminated against? Mm. Is a, is That's a, an interesting... Okay, what was the number there? Well, they, and they did break this down by, uh, by demographics, okay. which is a good thing to know. Oh, tell um, me. So, nearly, so of all Americans, uh, almost half 
agree that Christians uh, have become a... Uh, here's a, So here's the exact question. In America today, discrimination against Christians has become as big a problem as discrimination against other groups. Agree or disagree? Huh. 49% of Americans believe... Of, every, of everybody? Of everybody. Oh, fuck off. Believe that, Christian, that discrimination against Christians has been as big a problem as discrimination... And they don't say which other groups, so maybe it's as big a problem as discrimination against white folks. <laughs> like, that's a group that it's about the same. But wow. you can't discriminate against the people who are in charge. That's just not how that works. Well, you can't, but... Like in your mind, yeah. I mean, you can s- stand on the beach and yell at the waves, right? You know, like that's not discrimination. No, though. it's just being dumb. That's just you know, that's just being a jerk. Yeah, but it's not discrimination. Uh, yeah, for so among white evangelical Protestants, seventy uh, percent sure believe yeah that they are so put upon yeah all oh, those sad sad people. Shockingly, of unaffiliated people, yeah, of religiously unaffiliated people, 34% still feel like Christians are being discriminated against. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, that is the power of mass media. I mean, that's the power yeah. of Fox News and this, you know, war on Christmas bullshit. Right. That, that it's alarming in the non-affiliated, but it's very it, – it, it makes sense in the Christian community because – it is easy for people who don't think about a lot of things mm. to see. It's easy for people who watch that Marco Rubio ad and be like, yeah, that's, yeah, he talks for me. It's easy for them to see a minor modification to their privilege right. as persecution. Exactly. And, and how two gay women or gay men getting married really affects their privilege, only they can say. Obviously, for those of us who understand how shit works – it doesn't change anything for them. Right. But they see that as persecution. Right. Well, it does change something for them. They're no longer the privileged ones. Well, They're no longer the exclusive owners right. of that right. They're still insanely overprivileged. Right. There is no one more privileged. You can say we or me. It's me. It's you. You're talking about me. There's no one more overprivileged in this country than white Christian males. Right. It, it, there is so much fucking privilege. They don't even notice the crumbs of privilege that fall off their table between their privileged floorboards. Right. Exactly. So, you know, uh, uh, this whole thing about like bathroom panic trans kids you know right it's like that doesn't fucking affect you right you're gonna be fine right you're white male and, and christian it doesn't affect you and you you're never like the chances of you even knowing it's going on are so close to zero yet you see that as persecution yeah you may have to wash your hands next to a trans man right or or you know if you're a white a white christian woman you may have to wash your hands next to someone who looks right slightly more masculine than you do right Unless you're Barbara Bush, in which case you'll look the same amount. <laughs> but there's a lot of masculine Christian women out there. That's man. true. That's true. And that's not a dig. No, you know, it's just I think how it is. There's a lid for every pot. Whatever you want to do. Yep. Uh, I will say uh, another part of the of the poll uh, talked about attitudes on same sex marriage. Mm. Speaking of which, okay, um, all Americans of all Americans, you've got uh, well over half. That either strongly favor or favor favor hmm. uh, the rights of same-sex marriage. But in the 50s, right? It's 50-something. Uh, let's see. It is uh, 54, let's... if my maths are working properly. So, yeah, not... It, Hard it's... to get 54% of Americans to agree on... On anything. That food is good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that eating keeps you alive. Yeah. 
Um, white evangelical Protestants, uh, that number goes down. Um, yeah. So among all Americans, uh, 25% strongly favor, uh, 29% favor, and then 18% oppose and 20% strongly oppose. I'll take that. Um, among white evangelical Protestants, 10% still strongly favor the rights of gays to marry. That's impressive, actually, to and they, me. Do they break it down by age? Because I'll bet that's the... The youngins? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although they're probably older than 18. Eight, 18% favor, but not strongly favor. 27% oppose. And 39% strongly oppose. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, when you get down to unaffiliated um, people... They are much more uh, in in the camp of allowing queers to to marry. Um, queers, f- f- the queers, bunch of queers, bunch of fucking queers. I'm never gonna join the navy. It's full of queers. Yeah. Also, it's the navy. Yeah, I get seasick really. I'll tell you what though, uh, no group in no group, whether they be unaffiliated, other, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever, mm. no group is quite so gay friendly as the Unitarian Universalists. You know what? Those guys... 74% wow. strongly favor. Even more than unaffiliated people? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Unaffiliated is 45% strongly favor. Unitarian Universalist, 74% strongly favor, 20% favor, and then 2% are opposed and 4% strongly opposed. We got... What are these... Yeah. What are they talking about in that church? Because we need to get that... That church is gay. Oh, they're so... That church is so um, fucking gay. Yeah, we gotta, you know, we need to go talk to those people up by the U there on Thirteenth East. Reverend Goldsmith, I Rever- think. Reverend Tom. He's a yeah. good. He's a he's a good guy. He gives he gives a nice a nice sermon. Yeah, he gives uh, good sermon. He gives good sermon. They've, you know, he's, they are they are one of the few, as far as I know. Someone might correct me, but they're one of the few denominations that's really that we talked about earlier. There's that narrow sliver of Christians that are always on the right side. Yeah, and and they're kind of it. You know, them and the, and the Quakers in a lot of cases. Right. The community. What are they called? The Friends? Something Friends? Yeah. Community of Friends or something yeah, like yeah. that. The Super Friends? Yeah. I think they're called the Super Friends. They're the Super Friends. Well, do you know why? They get up a good head of steam because they eat all them oats. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, Wilford it's, Brimley. Was uh, he a Quaker? He was a Mormon. He he was raised here in Salt Lake. I don't know if... Lehigh. He was raised in Lehigh, I think. Or, yeah, here in Utah. Anyway. Yeah. Don't correct me in front of the kids. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wilford, if you're listening. <laughs> and we know you are. Yeah. Call us. Tell us about your diabetes. How, <laughs> how are you doing? Are you okay? I got the diabetes. I got my diabetes. If I eat my Quaker oats, I'll get no more diabetes. Well, good for the Universal Unitarians. How cool is that? Yep, indeed. Well, if you guys have anything you'd like to tell us about uh, about how, how you feel, do you strongly oppose uh, diabetes? I'm <laughs> not let us know. You can reach us by going to uh, by by emailing. That's podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call us and uh, and get your own voice on this show, uh, if we deem you worthy, that is. Uh, but that's uh, 424-666-8442. That's 666-TGIA uh, in the uh, 424 area code operators are standing by yes and by operators we mean a voicemail yes uh there's a you can go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist and see all the things that mark doesn't get to see Mm because he's not on facebook or go or if you want to be super special join the community 
of listeners at the TGIA Members Only Lounge. You have to seek us out. You have to click, uh, and you have to ask to be let in. And in a few months, I'll get around to letting you in, maybe. <laughs> uh, the vetting process is really intense. It, God, it does. It, you, you have no idea how long it takes me to do this shit. It's stupid. Really? Because I do. I go into everybody's profile and I like check to see if you're not if you're like going to be a Christian troll or if, yeah, I, it, if I believe that you're a real person. Because there's a whole bunch of people who just try to join groups and then like spam it with yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. ads or whatever. So, yeah, you got to go, sleuth it out. man. I go into everybody's profile. I know everything about all of you people. Creepy. All of you. Super creepy. Anywho. Uh, yeah. Do that. In the meantime, we're going to hear from our our patty boy. Pat Robertson got some shit to say about the queers. He's going to fix it. He's going to fix the gay problem. Here we go. Okay, Luz says, Pat, my daughter was baptized and accepted Jesus as a child, but during the past three years, she believes she's gay. She'll be 18 in June and says she's moving in with her girlfriend. I believe that she's confused, and I have reminded her of God's promises for her. I don't accept this lifestyle because I believe God's word and truth for marriage. I continue to believe and pray for revelation and God's truth over her. How do I have a relationship with her? Um, love her and let her know you love her. And don't ever stop loving her and, and let her know that uh, you will be there for her whenever she needs it. But you've got to let her know too clearly what you just said. You don't accept the lifestyle. So uh, uh, it's a difficult thing. But I think many young people, uh, you know, the, the, they want to, they think they're transsexual and they think they've got to have a sex change operation. They've got to do this, that, and the other. And they don't really know what they're talking about because they're too young to know. And I have a feeling the same thing. You know, there's nothing that says that somebody can't be attracted to the opposite sex. Young girls have crushes and they have crushes on their teachers and they have crushes on other girls as well as boys. And uh, that's one of those things that happens. But that'll get differentiated as she gets older. But if she gets wrapped up in that lifestyle, she may never get out of it. So all I can say is love her and pray for her. It's a lifestyle thing. That's the problem. I got I to gotta investigate a new lifestyle. All of you gays have the same lifestyle. I don't know if you know that. Yes. It's all the same lifestyle. I think I don't. Maybe I misun- misunderstand what lifestyle means. I thought lifestyle was like. I own a Hobie cat or right. uh, I'm in a jogging club or I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I have an active lifestyle, right? Or I am a sedentary or, you know, I have the lifestyle where I, uh, you know, have a television show where I spout hateful Jesus shit or whatever. Yeah. That's a lifestyle, right? It seems like those are the things that make up a lifestyle, but he seems to think that lifestyle is entirely about who you're fucking. Yeah. And it's, well, it even, who you're attracted to. And this is what kind of drives me crazy sometimes about the way we'll get to Patty, but the way people talk about being gay is it's, I mean, is heterosexual heterosexuality defined simply by which tab goes into which slot? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's kind of how you are comprised and what your, your emotional landscape and who you kind of spark with, you know, it's all those things. But, but, you know, of course, all that Christians can ever do or the haters can ever do is just think about the sex. Right. I think they think about it too much. They yeah. might think about it more than we do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, you and I, we're men of a, of a certain age. Yeah. We're not, we're not, 
we're no longer young. We're ladies who lunch. We we could yeah we occasionally put on our purple hats and yeah. get out there. Uh, however, the youngins, yeah. the, these millennials that we that we love to to rag on and and say how bad they are. Yeah, they're much more interesting about sexuality than we are than our generation. Oh, they're almost like a different species. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. I feel like like if they're if they're attracted to if they're just straight as an arrow, but suddenly they're attracted to someone of their own gender. They're like, okay, cool, we'll just play that out for a bit. Yeah, if I, they're gay, 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 and then they're just like, oh, well, you're a different gender, but let's just fuck. It's fine. If I was in high school and you had asked me what gender fluid meant, mm. I would have thought it's what happens to ladies <laughs> once a month. Like I had no fucking idea. Like right. this is new, and and I. <laughs> I don't like. I don't really rag on the millennials because I think that they are, you know, if there's a generation that's going to be the least stupid of any so far, it's probably going to be them, mm. or the least wrong about a lot. Right. I think it's going to at be least them. they're thinking. I, Gen X, we are the we are the dawn of the Enlightenment. Uh, yeah, obviously absolutely. we paved the way for these young uns, but we shall hand the mantle to them at some point. Right, because we're tired. Because I just, it's a heavy mantle. We're tired. And there's so much good stuff on TV now. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. All this stuff on Netflix. There's great content. You guys go do the work. Don't, yeah, don't tell the millennials about the TV. <sighs> don't tell them what's on there because they'll just, they'll, they'll stop their, their yeah. holy war. They don't even they, know what a TV is. They have their, their tablets and they, Yeah, that's true. But, you know, the Pat thing, I got to say. Yeah. This is kind of the least horrendous Patty break I have heard you guys take. He's amazing. This is why we love Pat. Right. Because he starts out by saying, just love them and continue to love them and never stop loving them. Yeah. What? Yeah. No matter what. I was like, what? I mean, great job. Great job. Every now and then, I love to play a Pat where it's just great, great job, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a stopped clock is right every 465 years, I guess. No, but that guy, every now I mean, he's, that's what I love about him is that. Every so often, he nails it so hard, and you just and just and seemingly entirely against everything he's said ever before. Yeah, where he'll just be like, "What?" Everybody's like, "Why did the why did the hurricanes hit, or why did the tornadoes hit the the Oklahoma?" And he's like, "Dude, that's just weather." Yeah. Well, then, but other times, but another say, day, yeah, they're like, "Why did Katrina?" Oh, sin. Yeah, it was Mardi Gras. It was, it was, it was feminists and and abortion. Yeah, and gays. I, you know, it's interesting that they, I think they worship a weather god. <laughs> yeah, they kind don't of, they like the god of thunder? Like it's fucking Thor. Yeah, or something like yeah. it's always this Zeus. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's meteorological. It's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty funny that there's until it like hits something that, and they can't come up with anything. And then yeah, Pat had a whole thing once about just like. No, no, and he explained it. He was like, "No, what happens is you got one weather front, a cold front comes in <laughs> really? from the north, and a warm front comes in from the south, and they hit each other, and it creates a vortex." And you're... I wish he was standing in front of a green screen map. Yeah, yeah see the low pressures coming down here from <laughs> Indiana, and then from the Gulf, the high pressure comes up. Hey, I did a pretty good pat right there. Didn't uh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Sweet. That's my thing. Fuck. No, you do. You you. I don't do a pat. You do Cosby. Oh, God. I love your Cosby. Well, I can't do Cosby anymore because he ruined it. He broke it. Uh, or, or now all of my Cosby impressions can't be cute and fun. I think you're they're all just mean. This is the most, most important time you could do Cosby. <laughs> Cosby impression. Jesus yeah, Christ. Fuck that guy. 
You see, the problem is that if you don't have the pills, you can't screw the ladies. Yes. Rudy, get me my, go to the medicine cabinet. Get me my rip off. I can't do it. Oh my God, you're the best. I love it. You I put love it in the audience. jello pudding, and it tastes really good when you eat the spoon. Okay, enough. Um, oh, God. It makes me happy and sad at the same time. You know, uh, what I'm not going to do today, we're not going to do the, uh, well, you know, you know, you know what, let's do some emails. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we won't, we won't thank our donors. Donors, we love you. We'll thank you uh, next week when Frank is back, because Frank has all of the info about the doning, the doning, <laughs> the doning, you know, <laughs> the various and sundry doning. Did you give some money to the show? Yes, I doned. I doned. <laughs> I like to done when I can. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so Lawrence wrote into us. He says, hi, guys. How come there are two podcast episodes on the iTunes podcast app uh, that are nowhere to be seen on your web page or your RSS feed to other podcast aggregators? I use Downcast, and I have almost talked myself into believing that TGIA had gone away or had gone the way of all flesh and burned out uh, volunteer po- podcasts. Uh, into the great and ar- the great archive in the sky. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I I I wonder that myself. I, okay. It's not on the website. Okay. Here's the thing. Kids. I I chose this one uh, out of many that had the same similar or similar similar question. Yeah. I don't know why I'm answering it like this. Half of these people can't hear it. <laughs> um, here's the problem. We switched to a different hosting service. That had much promise. So, so uh, for the same reason that some of you, and not all of you, hear advertisements now on our show, um, some of you don't hear us at all, apparently. Uh, we've, uh, we've been really struggling with this transition. There's a, uh, we've, tech support has been tricky as a motherfucker. Mm. And uh, we're still working on it. We may just abandon it completely and go back to what we were doing before. Uh, there were hopes that we could reach a larger audience and that we could uh, that we could do uh, more, mm. uh, including some pretty exciting things. There were some exciting things that were we were trying to get done. Mm. But if we can't actually reach the listeners who already listen to us, that's a problem. So mm. it's being worked on. I don't know where we stand with that because we, you know we got our web guy doing it, and that's costing us money. And we've got our whatever. It's all just very very tricky. But I hmm. apologize. For for it uh, not working. <sighs> Let's get on that, man. Get your house in order. What TGIA? I don't know if you know this. Staff. It actually creates. It means that we have to do work oh. beyond just content creation. Yeah, that's not happening. We hate that. Yeah, we not really happening. hate that. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, it's something that we are working on, but uh, it. I don't know when or what the solution will be. Uh, so I, I make no promises. Yeah. In the meantime, go listen to Tom and Cecil because their shit works. Stop it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, dear Frank and Dan, this is from Tom. Uh, I'm writing about the comments you made in episode 215 regarding Arita and Anitra Braxton, uh, the Phoenix, Arizona woman who murdered Crystal Hillman because <laughs> Crystal didn't believe in God. Uh, you focused on Anitra's me- mental health 
mental illness Mm. as the cause of the crime. This happens all the time in the media, and it is incredibly frustrating for me because most of the research conducted on crime and mental illness indicates that there's no correlation between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roughly 18.5% of the U.S. population experiences mental illness uh, in a given year. The overwhelming majority of them lead relatively productive normal lives. For those who don't, suicide rates uh, indicate people are far more likely uh, to harm themselves than anyone else. And people with the most severe mental disorders, such as schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, are actually 11 times more likely to be the victim of violent crimes than the general population. Uh, Despite its prevalence in our society, mental illness is still something we think of as affecting other people. Uh, It's an easy way for us to distance ourselves emotionally from tragic events like this one. In my opinion, the murder was the result of Anita uh, Anitra Braxton following the cultural narrative woven into our political rhetoric, uh, our entertainment, uh, and, of course, our religious beliefs. The narrative that violence really is the answer to our problems. Mm. Um, and then he says, uh, thanks, guys. We love the po- I love the podcast, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, Tom, thank you for writing in. Um, I think it is important to note that mental illness does not mean murderer. Right. Uh, I myself suffer from suffer. I deal with mental illness Mm. uh, in the form of an anxiety disorder and Mm. depression. So it's not. So I I certainly don't uh, want to stigmatize mental mental illness. I think that's an excellent email, and and I have uh, there is a lot of on on the mental illness spectrum uh, a lot of conditions in my family, Mm. which is part of why our lives were terrible because it was undiagnosed. The, what my family chose as their treatment was religion was Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is a bad treatment for mental illness. I would say bad treatment for any kind of cut or scrape all the way up to whatever ails you, because it didn't, it has not worked No, in the 60 years plus they've been trying. And I have a one particular uh, member of the family that is, is not religious, but really has had a terrible time with it. And every time, I see, and it fucking it makes my blood pressure go up so high it's going to blow the eyeballs out of my skull. Every time I see these assholes in the NRA or you know gun rights people saying, "Well, it's mental illness," fuck you, it's not mental illness. Right. It's it's assholes with easy access to a solution to the problem as they see it. Right, and it's I totally agree. I think it is it is the people in this country that tend to get demonized are the weakest people. Right. So here's a constituency that has no representation or very little. Um, and they're struggling like crazy in life and they well, get and, singled out. And what we see is we see black folks are, you know, if a black person kills somebody, it's because they're a thug. They're a bad person. They're, oh, they're, they're, where, where's the father? Right. Yeah. yeah. All that's it. If a white person kills somebody, it's mental illness. Yeah. And that's that's wrong. Although I have to say. There are it's undeniable that mental illness is a factor in some some murder. Yeah. And I think and I don't and I don't think that it's unreasonable to think that while that, you know, if you take a cocktail of problems, mm-hmm. including you know, having been including a narrative that says that, you know, Jesus is on your side, yeah. God, God is with you. Right. And, uh, you know, and then and then you add to that a mental health element. Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable to say that that's a contribution. It, in, in many cases, it is. I think this woman I, I didn't hear the story, but I, I know a little bit about it. 
would she have done this if if she had been found to be fit as a fiddle in in the brain case? I think that's my question. Yeah, I, I doubt it. It seems unlikely. She could now religion can take a perfectly sane mind, a perfectly you know a healthy mind and do terrible shit to it. Right. It, it can distort your view of reality. It can distort how you see, uh, how, like, how you should take action. Yeah. How, and and it, so so religion in, is distorting enough. Yeah. But for someone to murder another person and say, I killed them because God, because they don't believe in God, mm-hmm. and then I kept their body mm-hmm. in my apartment uh, for days as a shrine to God... That to me says I, I I don't it doesn't seem like something a sane person would uh, a person with all of their mental faculties, their faculties. yeah I, I would, would do I think religion you know I and I've seen it happen to people in my life that in my immediate family religion can take a red pencil to the sentence structure of a completely normal morality yes right and it can do a lot of shit to it that's true but I think for really really uh, horrendous situations like this one i think something else has to be in play i know your average joe asshole who just shoots up a place that can just be male impotence and rage right and, you know all and, this and and psychological abuse has happened couldn't yeah. can, can, can lead to all kinds of things like any number of of factors can can lead into that right uh so yeah so like a mass shooter i'm unwilling to jump to to any easy answer at mm-hmm. all. Uh, this this particular case struck me as different than that. Yeah. But I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, so what the fuck do I know? And it, I mean, it also begs the question, and I, I, I don't mean to be insensitive because I, I hope I'm proving that I'm not insensitive on this issue, but is anybody 100% mentally complete, and emotionally completely healthy? Is Does that exist? Yeah. Um, and how boring is that person? <laughs> I mean, I, I, me, Yes. Oh, obviously, you are a hundred percent. Yes, I mean, if if I have if I have anything on the spectrum, I suffer from delusions of grandeur, of adequacy. But <laughs> uh, it's it's a very fair point and a great email, and yeah. I I wish people would stop kicking, uh, you know, kicking people in such circumstances with such. E- it's like kicking the family dog, you know. Right. I'm not that they're dogs, but it's just they're people who are vulnerable and have no representation, you know. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for those emails, uh, and uh, and keep them coming. Uh, let's uh, let's let's move on because you know here's what we're going to talk about. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about government overstepping, acting like they own the place. Yeah. No, and, not it's not we the people. That's who owns it. Right. We the people own all this shit. Specifically, me the people. Yes. And my friends, my buddies, the people. Not the government that we all agreed to form together <laughs> to protect <laughs> us. And, 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 and that acts as the duly appointed representatives of we the people. What? Uh, Is that how that works? Okay. So let's, uh, let's give a little bit of background. Every, I mean, most everybody's pretty much heard about the, uh, the, the militia group which, uh, that, has, that has taken over a small shack in the woods. Uh, yes, they have they have like Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys seizing Fort Ticonderoga and its guns. <laughs> these brave patriots have seized a bird watching sanctuary with a closed gift shop. Right. Yeah. 
Those, those brave, brave soldiers. Oh, the blood of patriots. <laughs> yes. There's no blood so far. Oh, no, there is, because they've been getting into fistfights with each other. Have you heard about no. that? No. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been a few scuffles. Oh, God. I'm so, that, that stories like this that make me so happy to be alive. Because, okay, we talked about a lot of terrible shit at the beginning of the show. Yeah. This is just, you can't, you could not punch the smile off my face. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so why don't you uh, catch us up? You're, All right. You, you seem pretty informed on the whole thing. I, I, I'm really, I really love this story. So, um, there was a man named Cliven Bundy, who unfortunately is still with us. Um, he mm. is a he's a, a Mormon, an older fella, older fella, Mormon rancher, uh, who has been sucking off the government teat. Nigh unto what thirty years now, twenty years, yeah. Uh, so, in the form of uh, his cattle have been grazing for free on government property. That's right. And so, for for you, those of you who are not in the West of the United States, the federal government is a huge landowner in the West because these are huge empty places, right? And somebody has to administer something, right? Shit has to get taken care of. So the federal government owns millions of acres of land. The, the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, and the, B, the BLM. And they administer this land to all kinds of people can use this land. They do fracking on it. They do agriculture on it. They do, but one of the biggest things that happens on this land is cattle raising enterprises are allowed, and sheep, and, sheep, and I guess other animals as well. But right. Uh, our ruminants are allowed to graze on this land at almost hilariously tiny cost. Right. I think I think on federal land it's like a few bucks a head per year. So the the Bundy family, who are a very confused bunch of self described patriots, mm. refused to pay those grazing fees for years and years and years, which right. led to the federal government saying, "Okay, enough's enough. We're coming to seize." Uh, your real property, which was the cattle, in order to pay for you not doing this for years. Suddenly that turned into, uh, you know, Lexington and Concord. And Cliven Bundy had a very high-profile standoff with the BLM. Snipers. Yeah, they had many, many guns. Were laying on the federal freeway. Yeah. Pointing guns at federal cops. Correct. And everybody walked away from it. Now, the f- good for the federal government for not going fully postal on these guys. Totally AP. Yeah, going uh, totally Ruby Ridge on these guys. So. Or, or Waco or whatever. Yeah. So, but there was no, nobody's, there's no penalty. Like, these guys walked away. Yeah, they, they basically got, which is insane. So, everything that they wanted. So, flash forward. These, because of guns. Yeah. So, you know, Clive and Bundy would stand up there with a picture of George Washington, <laughs> with a pocket constitution, say there is no federal government. <laughs> that Washington, Washington, a town named after the man whose picture he was holding, right. has no sway over his land, the federal land in Nevada. That, that 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 it's we the people and the local sheriff is it. And then he got on a horse with an American flag and rode away. Mm. And how he just didn't disappear in a singularity of contradiction. <laughs> just <laughs> the universe just sucked him into a wormhole. Yep. So because they got away with that. Flash forward to now, well, last week. Yes, and his son Ammon, and his other son Ryan, who has I'm, I'm going to try not to make too much fun of his looks because he had an unfortunate accident. Oh, okay, that's and not... so 
you know, the fish that have both eyes on the same side of their head kind of situation. So they have gone to Oregon. They've driven from their home in Nevada on federal freeways uh-huh. uh, to to a closed bird refuge in Oregon in support of two arsonists. Yes. Two ranchers who had burned federal property in a, in a fit of peak. Now, not, not buildings. We're talking about burning. They burned... Land, forest, forest. They bur- and quite a bit of it, and the, a lot of, and it. they burned a lot of of, of uh, sensitive land, a sensitive kind of uh, ecosystem, and endangered the lives of firefighters who then had to come put the thing out. Right. Um, there are yeah, you're not allowed to start a fire, a forest fire. Right. And it was a. It, they did it because they were pissed that the federal government said they couldn't graze on that particular piece of land just yet. Right. So they burned it, and uh, that's arson, and you go to jail for that. Right. So, so they were arrested. They, they were arrested. Tried. There's a little bit of a, a weird situation where they served some time and then they were kind of forced to go back. Right. It's legal and it had to do with mandatory minimums and a bunch of, of what Fat Tony would call argle-bargle. Right. But um, they were asked to surrender to go back to jail. So here come the Bundys. Here come the Bundys. And, 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 and a whole crowd of other fellers. E crowd. Well, originally reported as like 150. Yeah. Now it seems likely that it's hovering around what 20. Yeah, they could they could have ridden there on a 66 passenger bus and still had room for 44 more people. <laughs> yes. Right. So these guys show up at this bird sanctuary, which they claim was seized land from farmers. Mm. Quick backstory: the government, the federal government during the Great Depression, bought farms that were not producing. From penniless farmers, for uh, at above market price, right? At to well above market price, they to saved s- these farmers, to save asses. their lives, and right. keep them from starving to death. Thank you, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, well done. Yes. So that's apparently seizing land. Paying. Yeah, that's that's the U.S. government seizing good farmer land. So the reason, other than this, is just kind of a hilarious, you know, uh, Mayberry shoot 'em up kind of thing. The reason that Dan and I wanted to talk about it is because there's a Mormon angle. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, this is an interesting thing because it's not... Uh, I, I was skeptical about talking about this because just because the militia guys are Mormon, mm-hmm. that's not enough reason for us to go in and talk about this. That's all we'd talk about on every show if we just talked about Mormon militia guys. Yeah. yeah. But there's an element that... They're waving flags mm-hmm. that I think uh, you you non-Mormon folks won't understand unless we break it down for you. So one of the guys, you know, they've got you've got your U.S. flag. They've probably got the Confederate flag waving up there. They've got the Gadsden flag that the tea, beloved of the Tea Party. Mm. Uh, it's very yellow, which is funny to me. The color. Is that, that's the one with the snake. That's the one with the snake. The but don't, it's, don't. it's yellow, the color. Of it color. is yellow. Cowards. Because you're cowards. So there's another, uh, shall I say what it is? There's, yes. There's another flag that the press thought, huh, that's a weird new thing we haven't seen. And it is called the Title of Liberty. The yes. Title of Liberty reads, and I'm, I, am, um, I am translating from the modified Egyptian, mm. uh, the, uh, spoken in Central America at the time. The Title of Liberty reads... In memory of our God, our religion, and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children. 
if there are English and our, majors and, uh, and and our horses yeah. and our friends and our tapers. If there are English majors out there, please don't get up my ass about that run on sentence. That is how there is there's a lot of commas and a lot of ands, and that's just how it is because it's liberty. This is from the the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon. Il, Il Libro de Mormon. Yeah. Uh so the story Hmm. starts with, uh, and you have to understand, the Book of Mormon, for those of you who don't know what the Book of Mormon actually is, obviously it's the central scripture to Mormonism, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. South Park can catch you up. Yeah, yeah, go and check that out. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's it's ostensibly a, 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 the, the telling of, of the, Nor- the, the American peoples uh, in ancient times... Mm-hmm. Um, and it's their story about uh, how they all came from uh, Jews. Yeah. So just quickly catch up. They were Jews who came to the Americas from from uh, Jerusalem. <laughs> right. Where and nobody lived in the Americas, and then they did, and then there were millions, and they had horses and swords and chariots and elephants, and thing and thing and thing and thing, and they all spoke kind of a Hebrew situation, and then uh, Joseph Smith found that the book about that in a behind his farm in New York. It's all that makes sense. So this so, is what so Ammon this is, this, believes. This comes from a story, one of the stories of the ancient peoples of the Americas. Yeah. Uh, um, um, a man by the name of uh, Moron I. Mur- Moroni. Captain. Captain Moroni. He has rank, sir. That's true. I, I should salute him. <laughs> you should salute T- him. Tell him about Captain Moroni. So Captain Moroni, and, and this is funny because I, you know, Dan and I both grew up Mormon, but I, you know, I, you, I could not have read the Book of Mormon if you put a gun to my head and right. said, you have two days to read 556 pages of Drek. Yeah, oh my God, so it's a I, nightmare. I, I kind of got a little bit of it growing up, but I didn't ever actually read it. So I had to have lunch yesterday with my return missionary brother. I'm like, this, okay, title of liberty, Moroni, catch me up. So he, <laughs> he's like, oh God. So Captain Moroni was a righteous Nephite. They were the good guys because they were white. There were yes. some bad guys who were not white. That's how you could tell. It's it's nice when God color coats everybody. Yeah, Co- color codes it makes everybody. it easy. You know, it made it easy for Captain Moroni. It makes it easy for the cops these days. So, right, exactly. So he was one of the good guys, and there was this guy Amalekiah, who sure, uh, yeah. I'm just I'm not. I swear I'm not making it up. So this guy Amalekiah wanted to like take over being the general of the army, and uh, there was going to be a coup, and he was a bad guy. So Captain Moroni is like, think, 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 Moroni. What do I do? Here's what I do. I tear off my coat and I write on it in memory of our God, our religion and freedom and our peace, our wives and our children, which is as good a rallying cry as you'll ever hear. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's as bland a rallying cry as, you know, Mormon cuisine is like, okie dokie. (laughs) So this apparently was so stirring to the other Nephites that so many, so many men, and if you've seen this painting of Captain Moroni, you know, kind of big, strapping, oh. hulking men came running to his aid that it scared off the Amalekite, uh, Amalekiah and this group of guys that were supporting him that are strangely called the Kingmen. Mm. So, so this was a stirring moment for, for, in the Book of Mormon uh, that avoided a, a massive battle. There, I, I think Zarahemla came after this, so there was a really big one that happened right. later. So what we're talking about here is a guy who is anti-government, yeah. who, goes, who goes up against the government. Well, he kind of was the government, though, I think. Well, the, he became the government, didn't oh, he? Or I don't know. He's a captain. If anybody's still listening after that explanation, <laughs> if, anybody's, 
if anybody's <laughs> fucking hung in through this. Yeah, nobody's paying any attention so, at this point. This Everybody's is, eyes have glazed over. I think we've caused some traffic accidents yeah, now. The people, the pilots have fallen asleep in flying planes. Right. So this is this is a very important story to true believing Mormons who who oh, put yes. a lot of stock, all the stock in the Book of Mormon. Right. This has become an important figure in the Mormon libertarian militia kind of movement. Right. Now, you should understand that the, the, most Mormons don't dress like they're, they, like they're just off of Brokeback Mountain, and most Mormons don't, uh, aren't militia people. No, no. But r- a lot of rural Mormons dress like that. Right. And, it gets, and, and they can get pretty darn militia-y, and they're certainly very conservative frequently, uh, politically speaking. Um, this, is, this is about as extreme as it gets. But the fact is that there. Well, no, it's not quite because polygamy is there. The polygamous cults that are still Mormon, right, are crazier. But this is pretty crazy stuff, right? This yeah, is yeah, violent yeah. stuff. Yeah, one of the things that I, so so the Mormon angle is is strange on this one. The, the LDS Church itself has had to disavow this action. They they, they after many many years they tripped over. A smart PR move yeah. in this particular case. Yeah. Um, now, they didn't say jack shit about Cliven Bundy. No, no. That original standoff. Which was a huge story. It was on, uh, he was on Hannity every night until he was like, I got a theory about the Negro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. He did have Boo, that. Color and bars. Suddenly it was like, oh, shit. Technical difficulties. Yeah, right. But they didn't say anything about that. So I think they realized here... We've got to do something that makes us not look as crazy. As well, because these guys are carrying around their uh, the, the the flag and the stuff like they're they're making it about Mormonism. Yeah. Whereas B- Cliven, his which by the way, does, it always sounds like a a Jerry Lewis exclamation. <laughs> Cliven, <laughs> Cliven Bundy. Oh, I got a Cliven over there with the schmoigel. So many cows. Uh, <laughs> so, Cliven like. Was nut was a nut job, but he didn't like make everything about his religion. I guess he did. He well, talked about it. Some. Okay, so he did a bit, but his son, who Ammon, who's mm. the guy that's running this clown show up in Oregon, right. is named after a Book of Mormon character. Yeah. Right. And um, there's this. I, I, I thought it was a Bible character. Is there? Oh, there's also there's a Book of Mormon Ammon. Do and you a Bible. not know anything about the Book of Mormon? There's, well, I knew that there was a. Bible Ammon. There is also a Book of Mormon Ammon. That's true. That's right. They what struck people about Cliven and what is striking never Mormons, right? right. What is striking never Mormon people watching this these stories is how odd these fellows speak and what strange kind of language they use. Right now, if you're a Mormon or you you come out of the you know the Mordor like we did, <laughs> uh, you you totally know what's going on here. This is church speak. And yeah. so now Cliven might not have necessarily said this is for the title of liberty, blah, blah, blah. Right. But he was speaking as if he was in church. There's a lot of dog whistles there. A lot of dog whistles. And so I read this Rolling Stone article about it. My, Matt Taibbi wrote, and he's like, what in the fuck is with all this crying? Oh, yeah. Like, cowboys don't cry. Like, why are these hard ass men weeping? And I was like, oh, that's that's Mormon. Oh, BLM land, why can't I quit you? <laughs> but that's, you know, if you're in fast and testimony meeting, yeah. you've got it. You've you've been practicing in the mirror for weeks. You're at a 10, but you want to turn it up to 11? Yeah. Cry a little bit. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, the, it's funny because so many Mormons that I know, 
never saw their dad cry mm-hmm. in at the in home. Right. Like they would, these men, these men are, you know, as far as they were concerned, feelingless robots. Yeah, and then they'd go to church, and the tears would just yeah. out of them. <clears throat> There's a weird public. And I don't even think they have to practice it. I think that it's. I mean, first of all, I think it really happens. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's real. Like there's the, a sincerity. There's a. You're allowed. You know, when there's finally a place where you're allowed to have feelings, it all comes out. It all comes out. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean these these are these are men who who cry. I mean, you've seen yeah. you've seen Glenn Beck. That fucker converted, and he cries all the cries time. All the time. But I, I, it's it's interesting to see. It's kind of like when when. Um, Napoleon Dynamite came out. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, wow, that's crazy. How fun. That's really weird. Oh, they just created a weird world they for them. They made this all up. And we're like, no, that's just rural Mormon culture. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like in Idaho. Like, my, my husband's from Idaho, rural Idaho. Yeah. And he can't even watch that movie. He's like, oh, my God, it's like a documentary. <laughs> it's so it's too painful to watch. Yep. And so, you know, there, when Mormons accidentally bump up bump up against the rest of the world unpolished mormons like mitt romney you know yeah he's 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 polished he's more machine now than man he's more machine than totally than man but when these kind of humble people that aren't ready for prime time kind of hit you know when the camera points at their faces people are like what yeah this is all so weird well and they don't know that they're being weird that's what's awesome about it is that they think they're talking like they think they're speaking sort of Rush Limbaugh slash mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly speak. Yeah. They sit, they think that everybody's just going to get where they're coming from because they live in such a bubble yeah. that they don't know that anything that they're doing, like maybe their accent's different, but everything right. else is normal. And a lot of these small communities in Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, Nevada, you may not know a non-Mormon. Right. You know? Yeah. You, you, you Yes, you listen to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and all that garbage, but- those are the non-Mormons in your life. Right. Everybody you have physical contact with or, or you know, community contact with is maybe a Mormon. And everyone that you're discussing any issue with yeah. is definitely a Mormon. So you can easily get in this place, you know, it's like, it's like Iceland. You're just so cut off, you know, for f- 900 years. Yeah. And then the rest of the world shows up and you're like, and you don't understand why they don't understand you. you right. Know? Exactly. So, uh, so that's kind of the largely the Mormon connection, but mostly I like this story because it's just fun. Yeah, just the fun to talk. It's just so idiot. These guys are such idiots. There was a guy. Did you see the guy under the blue tarp? No. Oh my god. What so are you talking about one of the one of the national news agencies was there, and he's doing a stand up. Right, he's talking, mm. and camera's pointing at him. It's night, and about thirty feet behind him is this like a blue tarp that looks like it's covering some snow tires or something uh-huh. and he says the guy's like he doesn't want to talk to us but there is a man under that blue tarp <laughs> who is a mormon rancher from arizona who says there's a warrant for his arrest so he doesn't want to be seen but he's sitting under that tarp <laughs> in a rocking chair with a gun and oh here's, my god now i'm not an i'm not from army i'm not an army man uh-huh but here's what I understand about concealment in such a situation as this. The goal is, is to see but not be seen. He was kind of going with... Just don't... Nobody sees anybody. Be seen but not see. And so right in the middle of this guy's report, all of a sudden the tarp flips up 
And this little man looks out from underneath it. And he's kind of looking around. Then he pulls it back down. I was like, oh, is it raining? No, it wasn't raining. So I, this is who these fucking guys are. I just looked it up. So now I see that it's, there's literally just a, a lump yes. with a tarp on it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of people have rightly pointed out, what if these guys, what if this was Black Lives Matter? Mm. What if this was... What if this was Muslim people? What if this was? What if it was anybody who wasn't as white as this piece of typing paper? Right, exactly. Right, that would be that reserve would be a forty foot fucking crater. Yeah, it, there would definitely. I mean, so people have said that there there would be guns and and people. Here's here's where I'm going to differ from a lot of my uh, liberal friends uh, mm. on this is that a lot of people are like these guys are terrorists, just like any, these are American terrorists. I don't think they are terrorists. I think to be a terrorist, you have to be trying to use fear to uh, to control uh, public opinion and to control and, an outcome and to, to force an outcome. Right, and I, these guys don't seem to be trying to engender any fear. Well, no, I think that's their intent. You think? I think they're not good at it. They're ridiculous. I th- I, I feel yeah, I maybe, but I think they're absolutely trying to instill fear in in a certain part of the population. They don't see themselves as terrorists, of course. No. What terrorists ever really do? Every terrorist has a fucking cause that they that they're going to die for. Like they believe in it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess from the point of view of the terrorist, they are always freedom fighters. Yeah, they are never. They're I, defending Islam or they're defending you know but Christian these, values. But or, these guys' tactics aren't to like. They haven't taken any hostages. They haven't tried. The place was closed. They haven't killed anybody, or do that, nor do they intend to kill anybody unless they're fired upon. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they want. I think what they want is just to be martyrs for a cause. They don't actually want to terrorize anybody. They don't actually want to kill anybody. I don't know if I agree with you. I think that they are trying to force a political a political outcome with a gun. Right. Well, that you know, they do have guns. They do have guns. Now, they are probably way more likely to shoot themselves than they are <laughs> anybody effectively. And so. Thank God they're ridiculous. Yes, indeed. You and know. it does seem like if you threw a banana peel in there, you'd have, you know, <laughs> 50, 55 minutes of, of comedy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're, they're dopes. And, you know, other people have compared it to the, you know, the Ferguson thing yeah. or, or, or what happened, you know, right. all over the country with, with protesters. And they're like, you know, why these guys aren't looting. So that's why it's right. different. No, it's different because these guys are trying to protect their own financial interests. Yes. They are not trying to... I mean, there's a huge difference between saying, I hate the government because it costs me a little tiny bit more to graze my cattle, right. and I can't make, be as much of a millionaire as I already am, yeah. as I want to be, <clears throat> versus uh, people who are trying to protect their right not to be shot. In, their, no, in their own neighborhoods. Because they're the scariest right. skin color. These, you're right. These assholes can dress it all up with their fucking flags and, and all their pretend liberty and patriotism. What it's about is they don't want to pay the heavily subsidized grazing fees, which are so close to not a fee. Right. So they just it's just money. It's just money. They don't think, they don't understand. They're, they call it freedom. Yeah. But really, it's the same freedom that the Koch brothers fight for every day, which is the freedom for them to make as much money as they want to. They are literally welfare queens. They totally are. These, and aside from the grazing fees, if you're in the agricultural sector in this country, you are probably eligible for so much government assistance 
You know, doesn't rain one season, boom, you're covered. Yeah. You know, the farm bill. Oh yeah, boom. we 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 save agricultural people left and right. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing is just a it, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I so when we're talking about like okay, Tamir Rice, the cops gave him black child. Cop cops gave him two seconds to prove his innocence. Right. Yeah. He had he he's the one that had the fake gun. Fake gun. And by the way, Ohio is an open carry state. Right. I mean, if that ch- was a real gun, he was within his rights. Well, not as a child. I don't know. But but nevertheless, you can't like yeah. The cops saw ah black skin and something that resembles a gun. Yeah. It Ba-boom. could it could have been an ice cream sandwich. Right. It doesn't matter. They shot the kid like without even like thinking. And it's easy if you're a person whose brain is can work in a consistent line and see where something is where, where contradictions are and where irony is and right. where hypocrisy is. To see to, to look at those two the, the guys in Oregon and Tamir Rice or or Ferguson and be like, fuck, this this country's insane. I I am not calling for these guys to get hit by a hellfire missile. No. I'm not I don't want them shot. I, I don't I feel like the opposite lesson should be what we learn. Right. What we learn is that is that you can handle a crazy situation without sending in the tanks right. and the militarized police. Right. Everybody yeah, exactly. Calm the fuck down. But here's what I'm saying is I don't want there to not be consequences for this. No, there should be. Here's if I were the man in charge of the Oregon thing. Yes. If I was the guy that had to handle this, I'd say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to vote for you to be that man. Please vote. What is that? The sheriff of the, of Nottingham, of the, of, of, uh, Bellingham. Right. That's in Washington. So, um, I would roadblock. Yeah. Nobody gets in, turn off the power, turn off their internet, you know, Oh, that's just cruel. And just, you know, they've already called for snacks, these brave patriots. They've already <laughs> called for snacks. That's how ridiculous they are. They said they're going to be there for years, and they're like, well, I thought you were grabbing the cooler, Cletus. Exactly. Wait, who has a jerky? I've <laughs> got no Oreos. <laughs> so they're already, they're already starving out. Two things are going to happen. They're going to start begging the U.N. to come in with bread trucks and feed them. Yeah. Or they're going to – well, three things. Or, no, they don't like the U.N. They're not going to ask oh, for the U.N. Oh, but believe me, be, behind every right-wing, shrieking, religious fanatic tough guy is a huge weakling. Like yes. Like a huge puss. So they're, they're going to either turn to cannibalism by Tuesday <laughs> or they're going to start wanting to surrender. And right. I'd say, okay, cool. We're going to block the roads. Nobody gets in. But if you want to come out, come out with no gun completely naked with your hands in the air because you are seditious. You're a right. dangerous person with a gun. Nobody's going to shoot you. Come out and surrender. We're going to arrest you. Five, ten years in, in, the, in the stone lonely for being a, be- a dum-dum and thinking you can overthrow the government because there oh. should be consequences. Yep. But nobody gets killed. Nobody gets hurt. Yeah, and I don't think anybody wants that. I mean, I think we have learned uh, some lessons from things like Waco and whatever. But, I mean, you know, one of the things is that these guys don't have any hostages. They don't have so it's just like okay we'll wait you out then they don't have any snacks yeah I, you're right though I don't it, their last time they pulled this there were no consequences and Ho- that was a huge mistake hopefully there will be this time who yeah. knows anyway uh, Mormons are weird I think <laughs> the, the whole I think the conclusion is that Mormons are weird yeah, I, I give them, yeah. All right. Let's just leave it at that. I'll go with that. All right. If you have anything you need to add to the to our uh, our thesis that Mormons are weird, uh, please do so. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Uh, you can call it in and make your voice heard. Uh, that would be 424-666-8442. 
Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, or, you know, tweet at us if you want to. We've got yeah. Twitter. We're at Atheist. We never do anything with that. No, and buy, and send snacks. <laughs> By all means, send yeah. snacks. We're in trouble over here. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, seek out the Members Only Lounge on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, and, and there you go. Uh, I want to thank the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine, fine, beautiful music that I love so much. That you're hearing now. And uh, and thanks to Mackenzie for all of the uh, the work that she puts in on our on our social media. And thank you, Mark, for thank you. Uh, for filling in. What a kind thing you do. Happy to do it, and it's uh, really fun to be back. And hey, to everybody out there, uh, it's been a joy talking at you. Yeah, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.